0: And hello once again to Banker with a beard, Jerry Keel from Northwestern Bank, and uh, looking forward to another opportunity to speak with you today. We have a great guest, and we have a beverage that I am willing to try. (laughs) Our guest today is uh, Charity Zeke. She is the director of the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport. We have some uh, great discussions um, up with the upcoming uh, transition from Skyway to uh, uh, Sun Country. Well, we're going to start out with a beverage today. And uh, Charity, <laughs> what's your background on our beverage?
1: Well, I am not a traditional beer drinker. Um, I will say that for sure. And probably a lot of people will argue that this isn't even real beer. Um, I, am, I think the last time I was here, I had summer shandy. So I'm definitely like a fruity flavored sort of beer drinker. Um, so I actually had this the first time at the uh, Minnesota State Fair. Okay. And they make a slush uh, at the Minnesota State Fair with the beer. so it was delicious that way and and then found it we found it at Woodman's after that so
0: so we're going to have a grain belt blue <laughs> and i'll tell you uh, for, for for our listeners grain belt and me have a connotation of this is like a a, a headache in a can <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i it, 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 it i'm doing my very very best to <laughs> give to be very optimistic and open about this so I'll, let's let's pour the beverage here and put these in but uh, so Let's give her a go. That'll be our first shot before we get into our our discussion. So even it pours out. I mean, it looks more like a wine cooler or something. Well, it is blueberry. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Yeah, it tastes like a wine cooler. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. Or, or or like a like a like a lambric, which is uh, like a um, fruit flavored yes. beer in, in yes. Belgium. Yep, exactly. So it's more like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll 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 take it down. So, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for offering and thank you for coming. Um, so we've had some big news coming out of the airport here. Well, the last few months, first the disappointing news about SkyWest canceling their contract with us in putting uh, the community on notice that it'll be. Um, no longer servicing Eau Claire and then the transition process there are a number of um, uh, offers I would say or proposals put together by uh, three airlines one I think was pulled you know during the process Uh, and then Sun Country was selected by the local board and then confirmed by uh, the FAA a week or so ago um, so it's exciting times and I thought we'd bring you on board and um, you know, I know there's more that goes on the airport than simply commercial passenger service, but that's definitely the topic of the day. So um, your perspective, well before I start that, maybe we should introduce you back to the show. So welcome Charity and get a little background about yourself before we launch into this.
1: Sure. Um, I am originally from North Dakota and I am just celebrating my 16th anniversary at the airport. Um, I, I came to the community from a small airport in North Dakota by way of um, Connecticut and um, I, I love the area. Obviously I, I've stayed, you know, because it's a, it's a great community and um, I'm really passionate about what I'm doing at the airport and excited for, for what we have coming forward um, because there's always challenges, there's always new challenges, but um, I think there's always opportunities too.
0: Now, before we talk a little bit about the process of having Sun Country come in, what is the current status of the transition?
1: Um, so, the USDOT, as you mentioned, just um, did the order awarding Sun Country Airlines um, the the next contract. Um, the It appears like the last SkyWest Airlines flight will be a departure, a morning departure on November 30th, and then... Um, Sun Country uh, would would take over on December first. Now their proposal, as you know, is less than daily service, um, and I don't know their exact schedule yet. So I'm not sure if December first will actually be a day that they have service. Um, but that will be sort of the transition, is November 30th to December first.
0: So since they've made the announcement, I know there used to be a second flight a day that's been eliminated. Have are the current flights that are the remaining flights on United Express, are they pretty much happening on time, daily? Can folks who are looking to book to to leave from the airport between now and the end of November be reasonably assured that those flights will go?
1: Well, I mean, given that there's only, you know, one flight a day, we are happy that it's the early morning departure and the late evening arrival, which gives the best opportunity for passengers to make connections, um, either going out, you know, through Chicago or coming back through Chicago. And um, I mean, we've we've traditionally had a very high reliability of our United service. Um, and, and I haven't seen any changes to that. Um, the SkyWest has made Um, some reductions in communities via either reduction in daily flights or tags with other markets Um, and so hopefully that will help them you know short term until they're able until some of these other communities you know like Eau Claire transition out of their service help them continue to maintain the service as they've indicated they will um, until another carrier takes over.
0: So now we're going to be moving on to, to Sun Country, which uh, obviously you're going to be losing something on the, I'll say, the business side. I mean, having daily multiply to Chicago was really quite nice uh, and offered us an opportunity in this market to basically uh, give us something that, you you know, the trade-off for driving to Minneapolis was, was a sound one. You, you, you're, you're here parking is cheaper, and then you can be to an airport that even offers more connections, especially international connections, than what they offered out in Minneapolis. So it was really a a win-win. That being said, Sun Country is offering a different opportunity, long-distance flights to um, vacation destinations. Uh, Question I have for you before we go into that, with all means, how did... So, O'Claire, My understanding is we're designated as an essential air service community. Mm-hmm. How were vacation destinations fall under essential air?
1: Well, so let's back up to the the essential air service program all the way back to two thousand nine. Um, so, prior to two thousand nine, the um, the air service to this community was not part of the essential air service program. Um, in in two thousand nine. Uh, Delta Airlines filed notice of termination of service after they had just recently purchased Northwest. Um, they filed a termination notice in like 24 communities in the, in the Midwest, including Eau Claire, um, and triggered an RFP process just like we went through with the USDOT. And that was our initial entry into the essential air service program. Um, So we started service with uh, SkyWest Airlines, you know, United Express in March of 2010 and Everybody was very nervous about that, right? We had had years and years and years of Delta Airlines service, and um, many people were very loyal to Delta Airlines, and you know, just really concerned about how is this going to work in our community. Um, and it worked really, really well. Um, we had, uh, you know, we had continuous growth with United um, to a peak of about fifty thousand total passengers a year in in two thousand nineteen, and two thousand nineteen was. Um, the second best year of passenger traffic in the prior 25 years. So um, so we did really well with the United Service. And um, I'm hopeful that the same occurs with Sun Country. Um, you know, we, we don't know exactly what will um you know what will transpire and how it will work, but there are there are lots of communities. I'll point to Saint Cloud, Minnesota, for example, who um, has Allegiant Airlines with uh, what they call less than daily service, um, and they don't have their services are both. are are just seasonal um, non-stops to you know to a different hub Um, they don't have the Minneapolis connection option at all Um, and they're they're doing very well I mean in terms of passenger numbers and community support for the service so um, so back to your question about essential air service and and how do the seasonal destinations fit in We're in a unique time right there. The the entire reason um, that we're in this situation is due to lack of um, of pilots and really honestly all aviation workers. Um, And so I think maybe this is a proposal that the DOT wouldn't have looked uh, super favorably upon um, a couple years ago, but um, creative solutions are required to the situation that we're in right now and um, and they looked at this as an opportunity to um, to do something creative, to help continue to provide air service to a community that um, maybe didn't have the best other options available in terms of the proposals that were received by the DOT.
0: One thing I wasn't aware of, and I heard your talk uh, at Eggs and Issues uh, last week, uh, and I don't, maybe it came out in the newspaper articles, but I didn't read it, was if you had Selected um, a different carrier that only had like a single engine plane that your ability to um, in the future garner service that required two engines would have been lost. And I didn't realize that was even on the table. I thought either it was a carrier's or carrier, but no, it's the type of aircraft is also plays into this.
1: Yeah, there, there were really three factors outside of just like what was in the meat and potatoes of the proposal um, that, that also went into the decision making for the airport commission. One was the waiver of twin engine service. So the other two proposals, which you mentioned, one was um, subsequently withdrawn, um, but both were single engine airplanes and um, the essential air service program guarantees a community Uh, twin engine service and in order to accept one of those other proposals we would have had to waive our right to twin engine service um, not just for this contract period but for um, the future of our participation in the essential air service program so um, that seemed very very short-sighted in terms of you know what will happen in the future of our air service Um, there is also a, a cap on the passenger subsidy for um under the essential air service program and the single engine the small single engine airplanes are very challenged to not bust that cap and um, if that happens you are um, asked by the dot to leave the program and not to return Um, so that was a concern and then also um, our our federal capital improvement funding is tied to the number of passengers Um, commercial passengers that we have utilized the airport and with the number of passengers we have right now uh, we have an allotment of a million dollars per year and um, with the number of passengers that we suspected we would have had with um, either of the other two proposals we would have likely been down to closer to 150,000 dollars a year so that's a massive difference.
0: Absolutely. Well let's look kind of at the Sun Country proposal and what that means for, for the airport and for the community. Now One thing I saw is, well, first, how frequent is the service going to be? I tried actually today, a little bit ago, trying. Eau Claire is loaded in their system. Now, if you do go in there and you try to, uh, your calendar shows up. It doesn't just spin now, but there's nothing listed on the calendar. So you can't actually book a flight yet, or at least I couldn't. Um, Any idea when they'll actually be starting to accept reservations? And uh, will the pricing be comparable, or have you no idea?
1: I mean the pricing we're we're just as excited as you are to see what the schedule and the pricing will be Um, but the one of the really great things about sun country is that they're an ultra low cost carrier so um, their pricing model is um, is focused on getting you the lowest possible fare and so we're hopeful that will be priced very competitively with um, you know with other area options And I don't know exactly when we'll be loaded, but um, last week Sun Country told me in the next couple of weeks they are just as eager as we are um, to To get everything loaded in their system because um, they're they're anticipating people are starting to make their winter travel decisions already right now and um, and they want to be able to capitalize on all those folks.
0: You know, there's a high correlation of when the school calendar comes out and spring breaks are determined and winter breaks are determined and when people do their plans. So yeah. that will be happening here in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, something else I saw is that in order for uh, some country to come in that needs to be adjustments made for screening. What are those, uh, you know, for the, the 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 check-in? What are what or what changes are those going to be, and will you be ready for those?
1: So we we do have some security upgrades, but it's not actually at the screening checkpoint. It's just our airport security program needs to be changed. Um, which honestly, I'm going to sound very. Uh, coy here and say that, but truthfully, uh, transportation security regulations don't actually allow me to talk a lot about okay. what those upgrades will be um, other than to say, uh, and, and that's triggered because of the size of the airplane. Um, so there's a standard, you know, of certain number of seats, you do this thing and certain number of another, you know, the next batch of seats, you do this thing. And um, so it's, it's going to be a pretty significant lift for us, for our small staff. Um, so, you know, it it will be challenging, but we're, we're ready to meet that, you know, mid-November, early December deadline to be prepared.
0: Now, Sun Country flies much larger planes. It's going to be the 737s and what's, what's about 150 people on a flight? 186. 186. So, um, can it handle 186? I mean, let's start, I mean, how big of a plane can the runway handle?
1: Yeah. So we actually have pretty regular service with Sun Country already through um, some casino charters that we have. Uh, Sun Country is the operator of those charters. And so we um, we can handle our terminal facility, can handle um, that size of airplane because our our charters are typically 100 percent full. Um, capacity at at capacity Um, our our airfield is definitely designed to handle that Um, we purposely sized our jet bridge as an example to handle that because we already had um, you know charters with that aircraft so um, inside the terminal it is a little bit tight Um, it's you know I mean there they were Not a regular service and we were more designed to handle regular service. So we'll kind of have to see how that goes. Um, We're thinking about other infrastructure like parking. Um, You know, most of the year probably won't be an issue, but um, you you started to talk about number of flights and then we kind of got off track. But um, the the proposal that Sun Country submitted to the DOT had um, two flights per week to Minneapolis and then two flights per week to the seasonal destination. Um, Except for in March, where they had up to five flights per week to the seasonal destination, which is Fort Myers. Um, So I'm particularly concerned about what happens in March and how many people are parking in our parking lot and whether we can accommodate that. So um, I'm I am talking, again, quite closely with my colleague in St. Cloud, who is, you know, has a really similar situation where their carrier is significantly ramping up um, their operations, you know, due to spring spring break travel. And Sun Country has made an art of um, figuring out, of, of capitalizing on spring breaks and times where they know people are interested in traveling and making sure that there's um, frequency and seats available to accommodate those folks.
0: And, and I'm sure you don't know this, but I'm curious: where are they finding the pilots that Sun con- that Sunwest or um Skywest can't, and maybe they pay differently or whatever. But I'm I'm curious where they're able to ramp up, where others in the industry are saying they're unable to.
1: Yeah, I mean the traditional career path for a pilot has always been um, a regional airline to a major carrier. It's you know it's it's just how it works normally. Um, the The pre-COVID, we were already entering sort of this little phase of a shortage of pilots. Um, It hadn't reached crisis mode at that point, but it was starting to get a little bit troublesome. Um, And then COVID occurred and um, the airlines were desperate to lower their payrolls and, um, you know, figure out what to do with all these people that they didn't need at that particular time. And so they bought out Um, early retirement on thousands of senior pilots to you know to again get them off their payroll and um, so what's happening right now is all of the regional carriers are losing their pilots um, very quickly to the major airlines and it's not just a regional airline problem though the major airlines have an issue with it it takes a long time to get a a pilot trained in a um, in a new aircraft and um, so it's not fast for them to ramp up when they're, you know, when they're losing staff either. Um, so it it is, you know, you see a lot in the national news right now, um, troubles in the airline industry that are being attributed to the pilot shortage.
0: When you so it'll be weekly two flights to I Minneapolis. Any idea what time these flights would go or leave? Or I mean, is yeah. it an op- I'm assuming they're going to try to connect you to the rest of of their system, and if you can yeah. go over to the other terminal and collect you know, grab somebody else. I guess you do that at your own, but you have to buy two separate tickets then.
1: Yeah. Um, it's definitely designed to accommodate a passenger who wants to connect on Sun Country. Um, it will be not impossible, but a a little challenging because, um, Minneapolis, uh, the Minneapolis airport, while it's very nice, hasn't done or embraced what other airports have embraced, which is, uh, post security transportation between terminals. So, in Minneapolis, you have to leave security to get from terminal to terminal, where in Chicago, you can go to essentially all the terminals after you've cleared security and not have to reclear. Um, so it, it's definitely designed for a Sun Country connection. And what we think is that um, the Minneapolis flights will be a, a night arrival and then the plane will sit here overnight, and then it'll be an early morning departure time to meet an early, you know, bank of flights out of Minneapolis.
0: And th- that would just be a couple times a week, though, correct? That wouldn't be
1: daily. Yeah, right, a couple times a week, right. yes. How would
0: you, what's your staff going to do then? I mean, you used to now, you know, servicing daily flights. Yeah. Uh, will you be able to hang on to staff? I mean, it looks like there'll be days that there'll be no flights coming into the airport, and then come March, they'll be really, really busy. How, how are you going to be able to handle that?
1: So, I'll have to differentiate airport staff from airline staff, right? Airline staff are the ones who are mainly impacted by um, the number of flight operations. And um, so we don't know exactly how all of that's going to work out and how many people who are working currently for SkyWest will want to transition to the new carrier or the new company who's going to ground handle them. Um, Maybe some won't want to continue with them.
0: So that may, I guess I didn't realize that, but so everyone who works at the chippewa valley regional airport aren't necessarily your employees far as the airport they're also i mean the person who sits behind the desk at the united you know sky west mm. gate is an employee of sky west they are not your employee
1: exactly yeah there's over 100 people that work at the airport and eight or nine work for the airport um, the rest work for other businesses that are operating at the airport. So, Car rental places the exactly. and the restaurant. Exactly, yep, whatnot. yep, exactly. Um, so, but the other thing about the airline staff is, well, there may be less frequency. They, are, they will need more staff than they normally staff their 50-passenger plane with to accommodate um, or to handle the 186 passengers on the larger aircraft. So, you know, it might be more, less flights for them to work, but more people needed per flight. Um, so that'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to see Sun Country. Again, they do lots of less than daily. Um, so they'll, you know, they'll figure all that out, I'm sure. Um, yeah.
0: How about like, you, like your luggage carousel? Is that, can that work for, I mean, uh, yeah. is, just hook three or four more uh, little uh, trailers on t- onto your train and yeah. and, and roll it.
1: Well, the tug. So, so like I mentioned, we have Sun Country um, service through our casino charters already, and so we are used to handling um, this size of airplane. And you know, we have we have the extra capacity to you know throw uh, some additional bag carts on. But our carousel um, is another area that it's it's sized for a 50 passenger plane, not necessarily 186 passengers. Um, and 186 passengers who are primarily leisure who probably have a lot of baggage. Um, but again, we do that on the, on the charters, and it, it works, just maybe takes a tiny bit longer.
0: So at this point, I guess it's a wait-and-see thing, but I mean in terms of needing to expand the carousel, adding a second gate, adding more of a waiting area, all those things you are going to kind of say, well, we'll see how this goes because my understanding, this is, this is really just a two-year contract, correct
1: Yes, that's correct. Yep. I mean, we definitely won't be um, jumping into any major improvements to, you know, to accommodate this service until we have a much better idea of how it's going to work. Um, there are some minor things that we can do. You know, we could acquire a little bit of additional seating and sort of reposition how our seating is in the terminal without having to add on if we didn't think we, we you know, if we thought we needed to um, seat additional passengers, as an example, or uh, maybe we consider, you know, some additional gravel parking instead of paving immediately because um, we want to see how, how that's going to work long term. So those are all things that I'll be discussing with the Airport Commission and, um, and getting some recommendations from them on, you know, what they think is um, the most valuable opportunity for capturing those additional passengers. What's
0: your vision or the Commission's vision or probably even some countries' vision of success for this new, new service.
1: Yeah. Um, so the ultra low cost carriers like to be in the 90% load factor, um, definitely high eighties. And, um, that's, that's a lot. I think the, I think the seasonals are, are going to do very, very well, you know, nonstop to Orlando and Fort Myers and, um, Las Vegas. I mean, I'm not exactly sure what it is with Fort Myers, but I I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me uh, since this, you know, the idea of Sun, Sun Country with seasonal came out um, saying I have a second home from this area. I have a second home in Fort Myers or I rent there every winter or, you know, whatever the case is. So there I, I think there is a pretty large demand for that region from this area. Um, but yeah, pretty, pretty high numbers for sure on the seasonals. And I don't think Sun Country knows any better really than we do what to expect on the Minneapolis service, because that's not a traditional model that they're doing right now. Um, so that'll be just kind of a wait and see, you know,
0: I think part of it is how they price it through. I know I I found like with the, the United flights, um, you know, sometimes it was actually cheaper To fly out of eau claire than would be out of minneapolis depending on how they you know price it the through flight and um so if that's the case i mean i think that it could be on the flip side if they're going to charge you an extra hundred bucks to you know fly up and or fly up and another hundred bucks to fly back or something Mm -hmm. probably won't have as much usage someone just wanted to hop in their car and drive down 94 so
1: yeah I see she's giving you the time signal maybe, but I, I wanted to, I did want to end with something or throw something in there before we finished that, um, you know, I th- I think the most important thing I always want to leave people with is um, because we're a small airport, the service that we have doesn't work for everybody every time. It just, it didn't with United, it didn't with Delta, um, and it likely won't with Sun Country. But the thing that is really important for Um, for people in the community to do is at least look when they're making their travel decisions because not everybody does. Many people check one time and think, oh, it was, it was more expensive or too expensive that one time and then write it off as it's always that way um, instead of checking each time. Or I, didn't, I couldn't connect that one time the way I wanted to. So it's never going to work for me and I'm never going to check again. And, and so my hope is that people check every time and you know even if it doesn't work for them to actually travel every time, it, ha- it works for them 50% of the time.
0: Well, oh, and one thing, I know we have a little time left okay. here, but I had one, Sorry. another... Sorry, I mean to jump the gun. No problem. <laughs> but I also see that, that they have this bus service option. How does that work?
1: Yeah, so that's kind of a to-be-determined. Um, Landline is a company that has partnered with Sun Country over the last couple of years in some of the Minneapolis periphery markets, um, like Eau Claire, Duluth, Mankato, um, La Crosse, Rochester, those kind of areas in a a new model of ground transportation where it's it's more seamless travel so you're able to actually and the reason that eau claire is already in the sun country system is because of landline um, so you can actually go on sun country's website and buy an airline ticket from eau claire or you could um, from eau claire to wherever, you know, Sun Country's final destination was that you wanted to go. It's just that the first part of that airline ticket, your airfare, was ground transportation to Minneapolis. Um, They're a company, I don't know if they'll succeed, but they're also um, trying to develop a model where they're able to do um, post-screening transportation. So you would get screened in Eau Claire, get on this secure bus, um, and be delivered in Minneapolis post-security, so on the ramp. Um, so you go through all, you know, you don't have to get in line in right. security in Minneapolis, and um, your bags get transferred transferred by them automatically. You don't have to deal with them. Um, there's a lot of regulation that's going <laughs> to, you know, regulation <laughs> challenges involved with it, that. It, but if,
0: <laughs> if they pull that off, that would be pretty sweet, especially if you, you know, they have Wi-Fi and, and the whole, whole bit. Yes. You know, that could be, I think, something that would really... Lead, that would have interest to me. But if you have to, if it's just basically a bus route,
1: yeah, uh,
0: maybe not so much.
1: So what they were doing in Eau Claire um, was what they called the select model, where it was kind of like a, it was just an on-demand in a suburban. Um, in Duluth, where they sort of had the most investment, they were operating a coach bus, which was a brand new, really nice bus that had... Um, had Wi Fi and you know plugins and phone charger outlets and all of those things. Um, they have downsized that coach bus model a little bit, and I think they're using a Sprinter van concept now, but still nice new Wi Fi, all of those things, um, and. So we'll see, you know, we'll see how, I mean, that'll be, you know, potentially a nice compliment op- option to the sun country service. And what they, in, in Duluth, as an example, what I heard is that they were seeing passengers who maybe flew out, um, look at landline as an option to return because whatever the return connect time was didn't work exactly for the passenger so you know they're using the flight one way and then landline as as the other way as an example so we'll, we'll see we don't know anything again about exactly how how that's going to look what the schedule will be but um, i expect all of that to be coming relatively soon again as they're wanting to start capturing those pass- passengers pretty quickly
0: well, perfect. Well, Charity, thank you so much for joining us today. I, yeah. I appreciate it. I know it's been a busy time for you, so for making time for us is great. And I'll, I'll actually, the, the, the green belt blue... <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> wasn't wasn't nearly <laughs> a, what I thought it was going to be, but it, it, I, and I'm looking at the at the glasses here that I've done a better job with mine than yours. But <laughs> I've, I've kept you talking quite. Yes, a bit, I did. So. I
1: was talking a lot. So yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us, yeah. and good luck with the transition. And you'll be seeing me at the airport.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: So thank you for listening uh, to Charity and, and I chat over a beer today. If you like what you heard, please give Banker with the Beer a five star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about us and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Northwestern Bank website, or wherever you like to listen from. Banker with a Beer is sponsored by Northwestern Bank, building stronger communities where people matter.